What's up, everyone? Thank you for tuning in. This is, I believe, number 35 of this podcast. Today is going to be a, a special one for me and hopefully for a lot of you because I'm going to be talking in as much detail as I can remember about my life-changing event, about the event that led me to to really start taking the shifts and steps that I needed to make with not only my mindset, but everything in my life, my whole perspective, so that my whole life would be changed. Um, and it's what led me, it's what led me to real estate. And it's what's what has led me to speaking to you right now on this podcast. So I know I've mentioned a few times that in summer summer of 2017, I was still living in LA. Uh, I had gone through a period of being homeless, which is what you know I, I made, which is the, the time period in my life that really led me to change a lot of things. And o- I've only told this story to a handful of people who are close to me, but the reason I feel like I want to share this story is because I know that it will add a lot of value and a lot of insight into what you're going through or what you've gone through, those of you listening or someone or maybe it's someone you know. So let's start at the beginning of that of this of this uh I call it my like midlife crisis that I had when I was 24. Uh I was trying to step into the the LA music scene, music industry as a as a music producer. You know, I had dreams of being on stage, you know, I was really into EDM at the time and and for years before that. I loved festivals and music festivals and I wanted to be the DJ up there controlling the crowd, playing the hits, you know, people going crazy to your songs. I had dreams of that. Since uh, 2012 was when this started, my second year of college. And here I was, you know, five years later, still thinking I thought I had my shit together. Uh, Up until this point of summer 2017, up until that point, I had done no, not an ounce of self-development, no kind of real journaling. I had never read a self-development mindset business book, nothing, not even, I don't think even a, an actual nonfiction book. I didn't even read a book about non, a, a nonfiction book up until then, which is crazy to think about. I mean, if you count like college textbooks and high school textbooks as nonfiction, I mean, I guess you could count that, but you know, I'm not counting that. It's just boring numbers like physics books, biology books, whatever. But I was trying, this was only about it was about to be like a year, just under a year of my anniversary of moving to LA. Before that, I lived in a different city in California on the Central Coast for a little bit. Um, and, you know, I had made the move, finally made, made the move down to LA. I knew I, knew I was going to end up in LA. I would visit uh, my dude, Courtly, shout out to Courtly, when he was going to school down there. We had met, met each other at college uh, up, here, up here in Washington, and he had transferred down there. So, you know, I, I've always had this perspective of L.A. before I had gone there since middle school and high school. You know, we see all these TV shows and movies that are set in Hollywood and and other parts of L.A. You know, you see the beaches and you just get enamored by it. And so I, I, I thought L.A. was going to be all you know, sun, which was correct. A lot of sun, celebrities, famous people, and and just fun in general, which it definitely was. LA LA has a lot of things to do. It's a huge city, extremely diverse. So, you know, I had a lot of, I got to experience a lot of cultures living in LA and I'm, and I'm highly grateful for that. It's opened my, you you know, living in that city opened my eyes up a lot more to different cultures uh, different people, different walks of life, and it may really made me realize how similar similar 
we all are despite us having different backgrounds, different races, different cultures, different religions. It was amazing. So I'm trying to think the exact month that I was about to go homeless. Uh, I think it was June or July 2017, midsummer. And uh, at the time, you know, to support myself, to pay the bills and everything, I had been working in restaurants for years, even before I moved to California. When I was still in Washington, I was still working in restaurants while I was still living with my parents. And then I would, with any ounce of free time I had, I would be working on music tracks and, and really just, you know, hitting up YouTube University and, and learning on my own trial and error, trial, trial and error. And, you know, I didn't have the mindset and any kind of goal setting mindset that I have like right now because I hadn't done any kind of self-development back then. So if I had known the things that I know now, I know for sure I could be highly successful in the music industry. But at the same time, I didn't realize, you know, you don't, you don't realize or we don't realize a lot of things until after, until we're out of it. So at the time, I had dreams of becoming a big DJ, big music producer, Grammy nominations, all that shit. So I realize now that I wasn't, I didn't have those dreams and that vision for the right reasons. You know, it was really just because I wanted to be famous and I wanted people to know me. There's not, not much fulfillment in that, in my opinion. Okay. Like you, you just want to be famous just because you want to be, you know, now I'm looking at things differently. I want to add as much value to people as possible. I know I have gifts that I can share with people. Um, I know I can be an extremely well-versed and uh, an extremely inspiring speaker at events. I know I can do that. And that's, that's another vision I have right now. So, and by the way, that's one of the reasons I started this podcast so that I'd get better at speaking in general. So let's go back to the time, June, 2017. I'm in LA. I was still working at the restaurants of a few days out of the week, serving, busing at this, at this family owned spot. Owners were very nice, okay? But, you know, my work ethic wasn't there. I mean, I, I, worked, I still worked hard when I was there. But, you know, eventually you just get comfortable at the job. You get lazy. You know, I didn't have the right mindset like I do now. I just saw that as a job to basically make some tips, pay my bills. And then whatever free time I have, I just want to work on music. And that's it. That's all I saw it as. I was like, okay, I'm only here temporary. I know I'm going to have that one big track that this one big rapper or EDM producer is going to notice and I'm just going to blow up and get signed to this big label and life is going to be set. I'm going to be playing all these festivals, touring around the world. That's what I thought. It's a pipe dream. That's a pipe dream, right? It doesn't usually work out like that. It's a lot harder than that. But I just thought it was going to be so simple and I would continually get frustrated when I would, I would upload a track on my SoundCloud, which is basically, if you guys don't know, it's basically like YouTube for, for, for tracks like rappers, EDM producers. I haven't been on it in a while, so I don't know what it's like now, but that's basically what SoundCloud was. I would upload it, finish my tracks, upload it to SoundCloud and, and YouTube, and I would always get frustrated. How come no one's noticing me? I feel like my tracks are so good. And I would always be comparing to other producers. I feel like I'm, I'm a better producer than this person. And I've been doing it for less. All this toxic stuff. Toxic comparison. Everything in the book that you shouldn't be doing when you're doing your own thing, I was doing. Comparison. Toxic comparison. Toxic competition. Envy. Jealousy. I was just filled with all this negative energy. I didn't know this. I didn't realize it at the time. I did not know this because I didn't have the knowledge of self-development. So... This restaurant job, I was I was working at this restaurant for uh, a few months now, probably three or four months into it, and I was just starting to feel lazy again. I was like, man, I really don't want to work here. I just want this music thing to take off. So you know what? I'll just uh, I'll just stop working, and and just hope that a track of mine will blow up and money will just come in after that, right? Because it's going to be that simple. How delusional 
of a thinking that was, you know, looking back now as I'm, as I'm talking about it with you, with you all. But that's really what was going through my mind. So I just stopped. I just stopped going to that job. Um, I think eventually it just stopped scheduling me and I was like, okay, whatever, this works out. I didn't want to work there anymore. I didn't want to work at a restaurant anymore. So forget it. Let's, let's go into music. So I did what I did, you know, I stayed up late working on music, nothing but music, but really I wasn't aligned back then. You know, I was trying to force myself so hard to work on these tracks where I really had no direction with my life in general let alone no direction with what I wanted to do with, with, with the music stuff. You know, I thought I was just going to blow up with one track, like I said before. I would, I'd be sleeping in a lot because I just wasn't feeling motivated to, or even inspired to want, or even wanting to work on tracks and finish them. I just didn't, I would start projects and have trouble finishing them. Just This just went on and on. And, and you know, just... <laughs> Not and just doing things. Basically, per, I did a lot of procrastinating, even though I didn't have a job anymore, and I had all this time now freed up because I'm not working at the restaurant anymore. I procrastinated because, uh, looking back, I think it was because I wasn't aligned, and I was trying to force myself to do it, even though I wasn't feeling good. I was trying to force myself to to work on these tracks, and I'm like, dude, this isn't, you know, I'm not. Why am I? And I just got even more frustrated because I kept telling myself, why am I not feeling like I'm wanting to work on tracks? I stopped working at the restaurant. I'm not making any money. I literally don't have any income. And by the way, <laughs> I think I had like $2,000 saved up in my bank. And back then, I thought that was a lot. I was like, oh, this would be enough to, for, to last me for, for at least a little while. A little while. I mean, my, my rents, I was renting a room out at, at, at a condo, someone's condo. And the room was $700 a month. So just, just for the rent alone, by the way, I had a car. I had to pay, still pay insurance, had a gym membership at the Y. That's 30 bucks. So, I mean, you, you do the math, $2,000, that's not even going to last me three months, two months if I'm lucky, right? Two months, that's $1,400 already there. And then I got to spend money on food. And also cost of living in LA is pretty high. So maybe a m- month and a half, two, maximum two months. I could make it with 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 two thousand dollars. Looking back now, you know, doing the math, but I didn't think like that back then. You know, I just thought, oh, two thousand dollars is a lot of money, which is it's it's an okay amount of money, but it's really not a lot. So, I'm in, I'm I'm feeling uninspired, and uninspired and unwanting to even work on these tracks, and I'm just like I'm so lost. I feel so lost. And of course, first month. The first month uh, after I quit that job, I have to pay rent. Set minus seven hundred dollars. Then another month goes by, and I'm still in the same cycle, not wanting to work on tracks, procrastinating, doing doing a lot of other things except working on tracks. I mean, I would work on tracks here and there, maybe at a, a maximum like three hours a day. That's it, you know. And I just felt worse and worse, and finally. I paid my second month's rent and I was like, I am running out of money. I'm literally have like five, I had I think 400 or $500 left. And I was like, dude, I got to move out and, and figure something out. So what I did, I think it was the, the, either the end of June, it was probably July. I don't remember the exact timeline. Let's just say July, 2017, after I paid the second month's rent, um, I told myself I'm going to have to move my stuff out of this condo, of this room I'm living in. Gave my 30 days notice to my roommate who was in charge of the lease and told him, hey, I'm moving out in 30 days. Okay, I'll let him know. And I basically lied to him. Yeah, you know, he was asking me, where are you going next? Are you moving in to another place? I was like, yo, yeah, uh, uh, I'm just uh, getting another place with my friend. I lied. I don't know why I lied about that, but I literally had no plan. Oh, I did have a plan. My plan was I'm just going to live out of my car and just continue to work on music. That was my plan, but I didn't tell him that. Okay, I just told him, "Oh yeah, I'm just uh, getting a place." I lied to him, getting a place with a friend over in Pasadena. That's what I said. But really, my plan was I'm gonna move all fit all my stuff in my car, and then drive over to the storage unit down the street, rent a cheap the cheapest storage unit, which at the time I think it was really cheap. It was like 
15 or 20 bucks for a small, really small unit, but it was enough to fit all my stuff in there or most, or, or a lot of my stuff, mainly the big things. So I packed up my car, the, the end of those 30 days that my move out date, packed up my car, cleaned the room up, whatever. I was out of there. My car was just full to the roof. I could barely see out of it. And by the way, back then I had a two door, two, 2000, year 2000 Mitsubishi Eclipse GT. Uh, it was, you know, I had a lot of issues with it, but very fond memories because it was one of my first cars and it was a, it was a five speed manual, my first manual car. It was a lot of fun to drive. I, I had a lot of memories in that car, a lot of fun driving it up and down, you know, the coast from Washington to California and then back. So I, I filled my car up with everything, all my belongings. I drive over to the storage unit talk to the the manager of that place and tell him hey i want to what's the smallest unit that 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 you can you have available he had one available that day i loaded the storage unit um i think i loaded it loaded i had a i had a cheap foam surfboard that i had used maybe once or twice because i was living in la and i thought you know i wanted to take up surfing but i didn't really use it i took that up there i had a blender and some other stuff, random items, larger items I didn't want sitting in my car up to that storage unit. I get my lock, lock the storage unit, go back downstairs, get into my car, and I'm, I'm really trying to remember what I did next. I think the next thing I did was, okay, what do I got to do? I got to find a place to place to sleep. You know, I was already brainstorming, brainstorming up until my move out date of where I would be, where, where I would basically have to have to sleep. Which was essentially, you know, the ideas I came up with were, you know, like Safeway parking lots. Well, in LA, they don't really have Safeways out there. They're actually called Vons. It's the same thing. The only difference is really the name. So I'd go to the grocery store parking lots. I was planning this out. I would go sleep sleep out there, you know, find the darkest corner or, or the more, most discreet part of the parking lot. I just park there. I just lay my seat back. As far as it go, as far as it could go, because remember, I had I have a I had a two door car, so I couldn't really lay completely flat. I didn't have that much room, but I I would basically lay the seat back as far as it went, and I just go to sleep in the car like that, you know. And it was okay. It was okay. So I'm in my car. I think I'm driving away from the storage unit. I'm like, man, I got to figure something out. I I had I had about four hundred five hundred dollars left on the account. I probably went to go grab some food somewhere. And I lived, I was, uh, I had just moved out of that, that apartment that I moved out of was in Glendale, California, right in the, in the Valley, uh, which is by the way, very cool city. A lot of Armenian people and the food is amazing. I lived out that food for a whole year, man, like the Persian Armenian food, Middle Eastern food, hummus, kebabs, man, the chicken, lamb. All that stuff and the rice is amazing too. So I so I probably got a I went to a kebab place that I would always go to down the street, which is pretty uh, reasonably priced, like nine bucks for a whole meal. Amazing. Probably got food there, and I was trying to figure out my next steps. What I had come up with though is was uh, you know as I was getting down my on my lower and lower on my money because I was spending that remaining four hundred, five hundred, whatever few hundred dollars I had when I moved out of my place. Most of that was going to food, nothing else, um, aside from my, my gym membership at the Y, which is only like 25, 30 bucks a month. I got a discounted rate. You know, it was very affordable. I kept that, but you know, I'm getting lower and lower on my money, spending it on food. And I'm like, I got to do something to bring some money in. So I still had a smartphone at the time, definitely not an iPhone. It was a, it was, it was a Samsung s7 edge uh android phone right because i was all about android life back then um and you know i would i would be scrolling through social media a lot at night uh when i'm when i was going to bed in the car at the grocery stores and this is when i uh, uh got into gary v's content on youtube and instagram and back then he was really really pushing and making content about, you know, flipping shoes on eBay and random thrift store items on eBay. But he was talking about shoes a lot. I think, I think, 
I think it was him or maybe another YouTuber, but I saw those videos and I was like, you know what? Why don't I just do this? Go to Ross, find out what they have, see what they have, Ross, and then I'll go to I'll go to uh, other thrift stores and see if I can find something valuable and just flip those and and start an eBay account and I and I did just that. I would go to Ross. I got some really good deals on some shoes by the way, like a lot of shoes. Uh, I would flip those, make a few dollars, $10, $20 here and there, and I was getting some income from doing that. And I was like, wow, okay. I got some money coming in. I got some money coming in. Okay, it's not bad. But I'm, uh, by the way, I'm doing this off the top of my head, so I'm leaving out the, the, the chronological order is not very chronological. Let me jump back to right before <laughs> I, had to, I had to start. Right before I made the decision to, to flip shoes from Ross after watching Gary V's content. So I was continuing right after I moved out of the apartment, put my stuff into storage unit. I continued to, to just work on music. Uh, I would spend a lot of time during the day at the public library and, and drive around to other public libraries because it was quiet in there. You know, I could just plug in my headphones into my computer, my laptop, which I still had, and work on my tracks on it. And that's all I did really for most of the day. That's all I did. But then eventually that few hundred dollars goes down real quick as you're you know spending money on food, eating out because I didn't really have a, ki- a kitchen to cook in. I had to eat out or buy stuff at the grocery store, you know, like to-go items at the deli section. And I was down to my last $20, okay? This, and this moment that I'm about to tell you was one of the, probably the defining moment during this whole homeless journey. And I was only homeless for about three weeks because I hustled my way out of it. So I'll go into that further. That night, I checked my bank account, my Bank of America account, my Bank of America account app on my phone that evening. It was like three or four o'clock in the afternoon, about to hit five o'clock or something. Uh, I think I was at the library. I checked my account. I was working on music and I was like, I, I know I'm low on money. I'm really hungry. <sighs> I got to see how much money I have in my account. Open up my Bank of America app. Guess how much I see in my checking account? $20. I, I had $20, $20 to my name. I'm a, and I was so disappointed in myself. I'm like, I don't have any money left. Like, If I spend this money on food, I'm not, I'm not going to have any money because a meal in LA costs at least you know, $10 if you're lucky. Um, I could have eaten fast food somewhere, yeah, but for some reason I didn't want to do that. I was still somewhat healthy back then, by the way, you know, but I didn't want to eat fast food and I was like, I don't want to spend this 20, like spending this, the last $20 I have in my account does not fuel right to me to go and spend this on food because I know I'm not going to see it back if I do that. So I really, I just laid in my car for a while that, that, that even until until it got dark, until the sunset, I was like, "What am I gonna do? I gotta figure something out." Then I realized this Chipotle that I would go to a few times. I went there a few times before I moved out of my apartment, out of that room I was renting. I was like, "You know what? I wonder what those people do. You know, there's chips at Chipotle in the back. What do they? I I wondered at the time, what do they do with those leftover chips? Do the workers take them home, or do they?" They must throw those out in the garbage somewhere because, you know, they're like individually bagged already. When you go to Chipotle, you guys probably already noticed that. So I thought that I was like, you know what? Why don't I wait until closing time? I'll park my car behind that Chipotle because there was a big parking lot behind it. Let me just park my car up behind there. You know, I'll chill there for a second, watch some videos on my YouTube or work on some music. And let's see if the if the worker will come out the back and, you know, throw out the, and see how he basically throws out the leftover food. That's exactly what I did. Waited until, waited in the back of that parking lot until like nine, I think nine o'clock they closed. And then, you know, the workers have to clean up and everything. So it was about 10 o'clock or something, right. And for, for, for them to finish everything up and they're taking the garbage out at the end of the night and they're, and they all leave for their shift. So I was waiting until that. I see the guy. Lo and behold, he has this big ass garbage bag full of those leftover chips, still bagged, still in, in their individual bags, by the way. And I was like, yes, I knew it. I had a feeling. 
And what did I do? I saw him chuck it over his shoulder into the big dumpster. And, you know, I obviously didn't want to. uh, My plan was I was going to go basically dumpster diving and and eat the food off of that because I didn't want to spend my last $20 on any kind of food. I wanted to save that. I had a different money, way different money mindset mentality, by the way, as, as you can probably tell from the story so far. So I waited until the workers were gone. They, they locked up the store. I didn't, I, the reason was because I didn't want to go dumpster, dumpster diving. And then him hit more, one of the workers come out, him come out to me diving there and, and, and me, I didn't want to get caught basically in their dumpster. So they leave for the night. They lock up coast is clear i get out of my car i reach into the dumpster i pull out that bag i start pulling out a, you know reach into the that big garbage bag full of full of the individually bagged chips i pull, start pulling those out and look in the bag chips they're still good nice and crispy and i don't know what they do with the chips at chipotle i think they squeeze a bit of lime juice and put sea salt on it but it was amazing at the time when you're starving man those chips hit the spot and i and i that was my dinner for the night my dinner for the night and i um i lived off those those chips for a couple days you know I, I went back the next night and the night after that but i think one of the nights this is kind of gross i don't think i ever told anyone about this specific detail one of the nights i like fell asleep in my car or i was i think doing something on another in, on the other side of town and i by the time i got over there it was already like 11 so the so the chips have been sitting in the dumpster for well over a while. So, uh, you know that dumpster, it, it, the chips weren't, weren't the only things in that dumpster. There was also a lot of other shit and garbage in there. So a lot of those chips, by the time I got there that one night, had soaked up like the garbage juices and the and the smells and flavors from the random garbage. You know what garbage can't smell like? That's what the chips tasted like. And I was eating that and I just couldn't do it. I had to throw out the rest of the chips. I know it's kind of gross. I hope that you're not eating while you're while you're listening to this. But if you are, you probably just lost your appetite. Uh, but it, it is what it is. So after a few days, I was like, you know, I can't. I still had $20 in my account after two or three days of doing this. And, and I was like, I need to do something to make, to bring some money in now. Because I, I can't keep living off of dumpster diving chipotle chips forever like i want to i want to get myself out of this situation okay and by the way the reason why that moment was a defining moment me going dumpster diving and getting resourceful in in how to eat for free you know eating leftovers from chipotle do you know do you know what kind of ego brushing moment i had to go through in order for me to get out of my car and actually go reach into that dumpster and eat out of that dumpster i had to shed any ounce of ego that i had that was a special moment for me at the time i didn't know it was going to be one of the defining moments but having to having to put away put aside any ego so that i could go and dumpster dive for, for leftover Chipotle food because I had $20 in my account. That was a life-changing moment for sure. And after that, I felt so disappointed and frankly disgusted at my situation that, you know, I wasn't, it wasn't coming from a place of feeling sorry for myself. It was coming from a place of what steps did I take that, le- that led me to this situation? And I was taking 100% extreme ownership of that situation. I told myself I'm homeless and living out of my car and eating out of the dumpster because of the choices I made. I don't have anyone else to blame. I can't blame anyone else. This is all 100% my fault. By the way, this was probably the first time in my life that I grew a pair of real balls and took ownership of everything and, and didn't jump to blaming my circumstances on something or or someone else. That's why it was so special. Also, I was going back, <clears throat> I was so going back to the disappointment disappointment. I was so disappointed that I promised myself I would never be in this situation, a situation like this again, and that I was gonna change my life forever. So 
going back to cruising on YouTube and, and, and Instagram, started following Gary Vee. He was posting a lot of content about flipping and flipping stuff on eBay, garage sales, all that stuff. And I think he still, put, he still promotes that kind of – makes content on that kind of stuff. And it was very useful because it led me to, to, to spending my last $20 I had to my name on a pair of shoes. I bought a pair of shoes that were like I think $15 or $17 after tax at Ross. I found a good deal on him. Man, I, I don't remember what the first pair of shoes were. But after, that, after buying those shoes that night, I think I went – I drove all the way to West L.A., from Glendale. If you guys live in LA, that's quite quite a drive. You know, it's like a 40, 40, 45 minute drive in traffic, maybe about an hour. Drove to West LA, went to a Ross there, parked at the parking garage, and I found these nice looking, sh- looking I think, running shoes. I think it was a women's running shoes that I bought for like, I don't know what I bought it for. It was either men's or, men's or boys' running shoes or basketball shoes. I spent like 15 or 17 bucks on the shoes after tax. Remember, I had $20 in my account, so that dropped my account to like three, maximum $5 left. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm doing this. That's how, that's how committed I was to, to, to doing this, flip, this uh, flipping thing. So um, for the next few weeks, I didn't really work on music because I also made the decision that you know what? It doesn't feel right for me to try and pursue this music thing any longer. It's it hasn't been working out. I I've been trying for it for four years prior to that, and nothing was sticking. I didn't know what I was doing. I was very lost. I just wanted more direction. So, following Gary Vee's content, you know, it it made me feel like I had some kind of purpose to my life temporarily. Okay, and I was having a lot of fun doing it. I bought this pair of shoes. From Ross that night in West LA, $15, $17. I posted it up on OfferUp, actually. OfferUp so that I could sell it locally and I needed the cash fast. And I think I sold it for like 30 or 35 bucks to someone the, the very next day. And I was like, yes, I'm 35 bucks. I just I bought these shoes for like 15 bucks. I just made like 20 bucks. I sell and what did I do to celebrate? I went and got some. I, I'm pretty sure I lived off of hummus there while I was living out of my car because it's easy to eat. I got some hummus. What I would get is rotisserie chick- rotisserie chicken from the grocery store. Rotisserie chicken. Let me pronounce it right from the store, so that I you know that chicken would last me a couple days at least. You know, rip off uh, pieces of that chicken and dip it in the hummus. That was that was the go to meal while while I was living out of my car. Very filling, high protein, got me through, and it was very satisfying. So celebrated with going to the grocery store, got my hummus and rotisserie chicken. And I was like, I got to go find another pair of shoes. Let me do this again. And I think after that, I started branching out to thrift stores and I found some some valuable stuff. I, I remember, I think uh, two days after I flipped my first pair of shoes, I went to an estate sale in a very, very, very well-off neighborhood in LA. Um, I think it was Brentwood. It was the name of the neighborhood. I'm pretty sure it's, it's uh, right it's a neighborhood right next to Beverly Hills. So it gives you an idea of what kind of houses are out there. I pull up to this estate sale. By the way, I found this estate sale on Craigslist because I was like, you know what? Let's look at garage sales. What do they have? Estate sale. Okay, Brentwood. That sounds like a rich neighborhood. I look it up on Google. It is a very well-off neighborhood. Let me go to that house. Got the address. I pull up. I think it was like Saturday or Friday, Friday early morning or uh, late morning, early afternoon, around noon. I go there and it's a huge house. I was like, wow, this is a nice house. What are the, at the time, this was one of the nicest houses that I ste- stepped foot in. Tons of cars outside, everyone looking for deals. And basically it was like a free-for-all. Uh, all, every single item in the house was basically for sale. And it had been marked with like a price. So you could tell it was just like a family doing it themselves because it was written, all the prices were written on a blank sticker written sharpie someone had gone on and written that stuff but i was walking through the house i'm like and i was like scoping out for things i know were valuable and i get to one of the back office rooms at that at that mansion had a beautiful backyard i looked out the backyard had french doors opening up to the backyard I, i went out there for a little bit just to peek out and i was like oh this is nice i walk back in and in that same back office room i see a nerf 
football. You guys remember those whistling footballs from back in the day? Maybe they still sell those. But it was one of those. Still in its original packaging. And it was from the 80s, I believe. Never opened. It was a John Elway. I think that was the name. I'm pretty sure he was also a famous uh he was a famous quarterback and also a very famous announcer for nfl games i'm not a very big football ga- football guy so i'm probably i might be butchering that but i'm pretty sure it was a john elway nerf whistling football in its original packaging guess how much it was two dollars two dollars and i was like i know i had a feeling in my gut that this was valuable so i picked it up uh, and that was the only thing i bought i went up to the the person that was ringing everyone up Gave him two dollars cash from my, uh, from part of my, which was part of my proceeds from my flipping the first pair of shoes from Ross, a couple of days before, and I was like, okay, I know this is valuable. Oh, this is what I did. This is how I knew it was valuable, because at the time I had the eBay app on my Android phone, and I think I'm pretty sure you can still do this with the eBay app. You can scan the barcode of the item. And I was lucky because that was that that whistling Nerf football was in its original packaging. I could see what similar items or the same items on eBay were listed for. I looked it up and people were listing that thing, that that very same football for like 45, 50, even 60 bucks. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm buying this. $2, that's a fucking steal. I already know it. So walk up to the guy at the, at the register, which was really just a cash box. You know, he was, I think it was a, it was a family member that owned that property and it was, you know, he was selling off that estate or, you know, selling off the things at the estate sale. Give the person $2, boom, I'm out the door. I knew I found something valuable. So I go drive around and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go hit up a thrift store. I feel lucky today. I found this football. I go to another thrift store. I basically parked in the back or I think I walked out to the back. It was a thrift store, another th- thrift store in West LA in, in um, not as nice of a neighborhood, but it was, nonetheless, it was just a thrift store and I was there to continue to push my luck. But I think I did find a, a few things, maybe some DVDs at that thrift store. Then I then then I took my items out to the back. There's a back alleyway where there was a lot of sun. You know, LA is very sunny, and this was July 2017, midsummer. LA is very hot, 90 degrees plus. So I would find the sunniest angles, you know, and and take the listing pictures, the so pictures of the items, so that I could post it on eBay, offer up, and everything like that and Facebook marketplace and Facebook and, and buy and sell Facebook groups. So that's what I would do. I did that. I posted that very same football, that John Elway nerf whistling football in the, in the original packaging. Some guy messaged me on Facebook said, Hey, uh, if, if you can let it go for $7, I'll pick it up. And I was like, hell no, I didn't say that, but I basically read his message and ignored it. And I deleted it, never responded to it. But I listed it on eBay. And remember I had some money from the day before. I don't have any bills other than, you know, I would spend like five bucks on gas. I didn't, I didn't drive very many places very far. So because money was tight, I listed that Nerf football on eBay and um, someone bought it on eBay for like, I forgot what I listed it for. I think I listed it for like 60 or 70 bucks, somewhere between there, 60, $70. Two days later, someone buys it. And I was like, oh, shoot, I got to ship this thing out. <laughs> and I had to figure everything out. I, I, had, I went and printed the label at the library because at the library, usually at the public libraries, they give you a certain amount of free black and white pages printed every week. So I would, I would leverage that whenever I sold stuff on eBay during this time period. Got a box from the post office, sent it out. Boom. Money got transferred to my PayPal account and then I transferred to the bank. Wow. I just got like 65, 75, 65, 70 bucks in the account. And I only paid two bucks for this Nerf whistling football. This is awesome. So I felt like this happened numerous times. I just happened to be in the pathway or like these items just happened to be presented upon me that were valuable. You know, uh, the next day, I went to another random Ross. I would drive around to all these different Rosses in different parts of LA because I wanted to see the different inventory they had. And I would usually go really late at night because Ross is usually, op- usually open to like 11 or 10, depending where you are. I think at the time in LA, it was like some of them were even open until like midnight for some reason. So I'd, I went up to like 
North LA, like North Hollywood area. That the the next day, I think after I sold the football, because I was like, oh, I want to continue this. I, I'm I'm getting some kind of income now, and I and I actually enjoy doing it. And at the, and at the time, by the way, once I started doing the thrift store sh- and and shoe flipping, I decided that I'm I'm gonna start phasing music out. So I wasn't working on music as much anymore. But uh, I I went up to this Ross in North Hollywood late at night. I check all the sections. Women, I would check the women's section, the men's section, even the clothes. I didn't really look at the clothes. I was mainly there just to look at shoes at Ross because I, I felt like that was the most valuable item at Ross, one of the more valuable items. But I go to the women's section. And I'm digging through, and on the very bottom, I find a pair of Reebok. They're either Reebok or Asics running shoes. There is some major name brand, and they're they were they were pretty nice shoes for running shoes. Women's running shoes, size eight. Which, by the way, size eight is is a pretty common size, I think for women, for women, size seven and a half or eight, something like that. Guess what the price was? You know, if you go to Ross and they and they have just stickers upon stickers of the of the different colored sales tags, because they're just marking it down so that they just they can just get rid of it. Guess how much that pair of women's running shoes was marked down to? Ninety nine cents. Have you guys ever gone to a Ross and found a pair of shoes for 99 cents? I couldn't believe it. I, I think that's a very rare occasion. I couldn't believe it. I was like, I, th- I'm getting these shoes for sure. There's no doubt. Come on, 99 cents for these shoes. So I went, take it up to the cashier, buy the shoes, listed it up on OfferUp. And the very next morning, a woman messages me on OfferUp says, or oh, I listed it for like 20 25 bucks or something and then she you know she negotiated hey would you take 24 i was like all right yeah i only paid 99 cents for this i didn't tell her that but in my mind i was like i only paid basically a dollar for these shoes after tax so yeah sure i'll take 20 for it that's fine 20 cash meet her in front of a starbucks uh that 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 next morning at like 11 a.m she comes by you know i'm sitting at an outdoor table oh here you go here's a cash handoff really quick i think she was a, a a nurse nearby she takes the shoes Looks good. I just made 20 bucks. Well, minus the $1 investment, $19 really, right? Basically the same. So I was like, wow, the shoe flipping is really working. And, and at this point, I had saved up at least 100 bucks again. And, and that was much better. That, that, that $15, $17 investment I made in the first pair of shoes had, had been paying off very, very well since then, you know? I had saved up now a hundred bucks, right? Went and celebrated by buying some more food. I think this time, you know, I would hit up, I wanted to maximize my dollars whenever I ate out. So I would hit up like the Indian buffets around LA, which were, you know, lunch there's usually like between 10 to $13. You know, that's it. <laughs> so I would go there, eat a shit ton, put myself, put myself in a food coma, pass out because I didn't feel like doing anything else after eating that much food, would be in a food coma, just take a nap in the car for a couple hours and then drive off to the next library or something. But I think the ne- that, that afternoon, I was back in Glendale. I, mem- I remember I met up in Glendale to sell that lady that, those pair of shoes because I think the hospital she worked at was right around the corner from there. So in Glendale, that's where my old room I was renting out was in Glendale. So I was very familiar with it. I had spent a lot of the time. It's called the... Uh, I think it's called the Glendale Public Library. It's in downtown Glendale. Brand Library. I think it's called Brand Library. If you guys look it up, you'll see exactly what it looks like. It's a great, it's a beautiful library. It's a big concrete building, but inside is beautiful. It's like two stories, three stories. At the time, they had just remodeled it. So um, it, was, it was essentially brand new inside. But I felt like going to the library, you know? And I was like, you know what? Why don't I just go to the library just to hang out? Uh, for a couple hours and then, and then I'll head over to my next Ross or next thrift store and find some goodies, right? So I sell the lady the pair of shoes. I drive over to the library. I think it had just opened. It was around lunchtime, noon. It was either a Wednesday or Thursday afternoon. Park the car, I walk in and something is telling me as soon as I walk in, um, I think this library at the time, this was the very first time that I was actually going into this library. Something told me, Go to this library. Okay, I, I'm just going with my feeling. 
at the time I didn't really believe in gut feelings and, you know, listen to your heart and whatever, all that stuff, you know, gut feelings, vibrations, vibes, um, park my car. I walk into the front doors of this library. I'm looking around. Wow, this is a big library. Two stories. Kind of reminded me of the library that I would go to here in Bellevue. Bellevue Library, we have a big one that's like two stories as well. So it kind of reminded me of home. So um, I walked into the library. I see I see here that I have a 60-minute limit, so I'll try to uh, hurry it up. I'll try to finish the story. I walk... This is another one of the... The other defining moments, one of the main defining moments of this whole journey, by the way, of my three weeks of being homeless. My gut tells me to walk into the library. I, I walk into the front doors and something tells me, by the way, this is the first time I'm in this library. I don't know where, what section is where, what books are where. Something told me turn right and keep walking down and go, to, go down this random aisle. And it just so happened to be the self-help and business book aisle. And there's this book just sticking out at me. And, and it just caught my eye because the, the, the title of the book was in gold letters. And that book was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. It was in gold letters. It, it had like a leather style cover, black leather style cover. I think it was fake leather. And it looked like the Bible. And if you guys look up, look up the deluxe edition of Think and Grow Rich. It literally looks like the Bible. Looks like it. So that was the book. It was a deluxe edition. Something, something in my heart and gut told me, pick that book up. And I started reading it. I sat down in a chair, started reading it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to check this book out. Got a library card, checked that book out. And I read that book cover to cover that whole, that week. And I was, and I was just going through so many paradigm shifts, so many mindset shifts, so many perspective shifts on money. You know, those of you who have read that book, I mean, that book has like everything, money, business, I mean, I know it really mainly talks about mindset, visualizing, manifesting, everything. I was like, holy shit. This book, I, at the time I knew it, this book has the secrets to life. Whatever you want in life, read this book first and it will show you how step by step. So that book has a special part place in my, in my heart. Okay, and now we're getting toward, toward to the tail end of the, of the three weeks here. I read that book. I tell my I tell my friend, dude, I'm reading this book, all these all these tactics about life, all this stuff visualizing blah blah blah. I was so excited to share it because I was excited that I'm finally coming upon these tactics for the first time in my life. And I'm and I'm actually wanting to read more about this, but at the time, you know, and you guys will probably go through this too during your self-development journey, you're going to be feeling excited that you're getting all this knowledge and all these keys to life and you're wanting to spread it to the people you're close to in your life but my friend friend at the time i realized now that he was at the time he was not ready for that information so he was just like oh, oh cool okay didn't really internalize it wasn't really interested okay so i was like okay i'll just keep this to myself for now so i read that book cover to cover and then i and then i was scrolling instagram once again and i found a local uh, real estate agent his name is kevion k-v-i-o-n on instagram he's pretty actually pretty famous on social media and in uh, orange county he he had posted he was doing a talk in uh somewhere in orange county at a high school and i was by the by the way i was still living out of my car here and i was like you know what i'm gonna go drive all the way down to orange county from glendale on a saturday morning to go watch this guy speak on the stage at this high school and it was so worth it one of the best free talks i've gotten so shout out to kevion aka kevin sturdivant you really his content really, really woke me up. His content is what really motivated me to look into a career as a real estate agent. And that's why I moved, eventually moved back to Washington. Um, and another crazy thing, I had a DJ controller. Uh, at the time I was spending, you know, I only had a, a couple hundred dollars saved up to this point for my flipping shoes. And I left LA, was driving up to Washington, you know, and gas, you, you use a lot of gas going up to driving that far. So I knew I was like, man, I have like I had like eighty dollars left. I was like, I feel like I need more money so that I can make my trip up there. So I stopped in this in the Central Coast town I used to live in before I moved to LA. I posted my DJ controller for a hundred bucks on 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 a buy and sell Facebook group in that town, and freaking about an hour an hour and a half later, some guy messages me and says, "Hey, I want to buy this from you. Let's meet up. Meet up with him. He buys it for a hundred dollars, and that hundred dollars 
funded the rest of my trip back to Washington. And so long story short, I'm back in Washington, go through the real estate stuff, you know, and that, that'll be for another time, okay, about my journey into the investing side, right? And that's how I got out of, of, of living, being homeless, and that was my life-changing moment. Those three weeks, going to Ross, fl- flipping my first pair of shoes, shout out Gary Vee for the, for the eBay content, all that stuff, flipping stuff on eBay, going to that estate sale, so many revelations, so many, whatever you call it, I don't know if it's a revelation, so many, so many realizations, so many mind-shifting moments during that time, now that I look back, at the time when I was going through it, it didn't feel like that, but at the time, I knew that my life was never going to be the same after I picked up that copy of Thinking Grow Rich in that library and I read it cover to cover and then I eventually moved back, got my real estate license in January 2018 and jumped into the real estate business for the very first time as a real estate agent, as a real estate agent. That is my story and I hope that it resonates with you. I know it will for a lot of people and just realize that... Um, you know, after hearing my story, whatever you're going through, it could be worse. So I told myself it, it could be a lot worse while, while I was homeless. This could be a lot worse. You know, I thought to myself, I'm glad that I'm homeless in this country, in the U.S., because living below poverty or living at poverty level here in this country is in a lot of other countries like third world countries is living lavishly in other parts of the world. So we have it very good in this country and we have to realize that. And I truly realized that when I was living out of my car in LA, like it wasn't that bad. It was a lot of fun in a lot lot of cases. You know, I got into meditating after reading Think and Grow Rich and getting into more self-development content. I would spend more time at the beach, you know, go to the beach, go for a swim in the ocean in Malibu, meditate at the beach, journal, and then take a cold shower because, you know, the public showers don't have warm water. So I was basically forced to take a cold shower. You know how amazing that felt? You know how much clarity that brought? I wouldn't be here today if I didn't go through all of that. And if you guys are going through hard times, going through struggles, probably or maybe even going through something way worse than than what I had to go through being homeless. And, you know, there's a lot of worse, worse things people can go through. Just realize that it could, it could be a lot worse and that it is temporary. It is only temporary if you, as long as you choose to take the steps to get yourself out of those situations. And that's exactly what I did. And I hope that this this hour-long episode of my whole story of being homeless for the three weeks brought some more insight. Uh, it's the very first time I've shared this, this you know, fully in detail outside of the people closest to me, that I've sh- the, the handful of people that I've shared this story with. I hope this inspires you guys. Love to hear what you think. Shoot me a message on Instagram. Um, that's all I have for this episode. I'll uh, I'll do another episode talking more specifically if you if you guys want to hear. Actually, I'll just make it. Who cares? I will do another episode diving deeper into my my real estate journey so far. You know, basically the uh, sequel to this episode. What happened after I got into the business as a real estate agent? Because it was not a smooth sailing after I got my license like I had thought it was going to be after I moved back from LA. So that's it for this episode. Um, I appreciate you for if you're still listening to this, even after 53, 54 minutes into this, I really appreciate you. Shoot me a message. Shoot me a message on Instagram. If you made it this far, I'll talk to you on the next one. Thanks guys.